0: On for this radio interview here, thanks for joining us today. We have got uh, historian Jerry Rhodes going to join us here in just a few moments. And uh, I believe Dan Perkins and IQR Rizzoli are back with us. Yes, and, we um, are. And Jerry, yep. go, go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend, and uh, talk to us a little bit about your books and everything else. Jerry, can you hear us? Give Stop. us an introduction here.
1: Yeah, you're cutting out. But you're you're asking about my software product.
0: Tell us about your books and everything, my friend, because uh, our our co-hosts uh, want to talk to you about your books. But we need to know about them, Jerry. So tell us all about your books.
1: Yeah. Well, last time I was talking about the 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 uh, debt clock.
0: Yes. And, yes. Uh, tell us about that.
1: Federal federal government is cooking the books and not recording all their obligations uh, and that uh, the solution is not more taxes and we can't grow our way out of uh, funding the debt. So I was proposing that we privatize uh, a few of the agencies, uh, such as healthcare, care, and uh, pull the uh, responsibility away from the government because obviously they've uh, not been able to They've been able to create problems but not solve them. And Congress, at this point, isn't going to deal with any problem. They're just calling them issues. But I'm an, an accountant, CPA, so the numbers that stood out that I reported the last time is that the government has $176 billion of debt, unfunded debt. Most of that is federal pensions, but also they don't record their liabilities. They only record in a budgetary uh, system, uh, cash in, cash out. And much of that cash in is accelerated because we have to pay estimated income taxes. So they, they don't even come close to generally accepted accounting principles. Um, and then to, uh, as, as far as the solution to this is uh, breaking the gridlock by having a third party. At this point, the two parties don't seem to be able to, they seem to be embracing each other rather than uh, solving problems. So the third party, which I've labeled in my book the American Enterprise Party, would uh, represent the 169 million enterprising Americans that pay all the bills and don't seem to have representation when it comes to budgetary items, policies, Um, future plans with with respect to uh, immigration, education, infrastructure. All of those are debatable items between the two parties. But when it comes to actually uh, solving those problems, it comes back to, to American enterprise. So why wouldn't we have representation for that facet of our society? It really brings capitalism and socialism together. Because in enterprise, capital funds the, the enterprise and, and, and the employees, the social part of it, are the ones that uh, make it go. So the, the proposal is, is that we have a third party. The third party wouldn't have to have uh, a majority. They wouldn't have to have the presidency. All they need are eight seats in the Senate and 20 seats in the House, and they're the swing vote on everything. So all of a sudden, we don't just depend on the left and the right to decide where they're going to lean, either extremities, extremes, or um, uh, not proposed uh, solutions. And right now, all they do is pass bills. I mean, we have 40,000 bills across the country being passed each year. Each takes away our freedoms. And I'm I'm suggesting that the enterprise party, when it comes into into uh, uh, this, the uh, equation, that they have for it, every bill that's passed, they have to take 10 laws off the books. Right now, there are some 2 million laws on the books, at the at the local and state level, and federal level, and most of which many of us don't even know about or have forgotten about. You know, examples are. We have to have 25% cherries in a cherry pie, or you can't save rainwater, or you can't smoke in church, or you can't this and you can't that. All of that has to be analyzed and uh, uh, taken off the books uh, so we can get back to
0: business. Well, Dan, so kind of where uh, I am with the food. Well, Jerry, I'm I'm going to let our co-host a- a- ask you some questions here. Dan, uh let's start with you. Listening to all this, what do you make of of what uh, Jerry is saying here?
2: Um, I find it interesting. Um perhaps um Pollyannish, But that's okay. Uh, I've been accused mm-hmm. of being Pollyannish many times in my life. Um but let me let me deal with some hard facts. Um We have 24 candidates for the Democratic nomination for president, and Mm -hmm. I think I would be fair to say that virtually all of them support federalization of health care, to go further than Obamacare, to literally have the central government take over health care in the United States, eliminate all private health care. And everything is single payer done by the government. So that's somewhat in contradiction of what you're talking about. Uh, and yet there seems to be some degree of popularity among the voters for nationalized health care. Um,
1: no, excuse me, I'm sorry.
2: No, I, I'm not saying you're for it. I'm saying we've got a a political difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, what I consider to be a huge difference, and that is the Democrats want to nationalize health care, single-payer, no private, the government runs it. It's going to take over 16, depending on how you count, 16 to 20 percent of the economy, and you're not going to have any choices. That's a, a huge increase in the bureaucracy and the administrative Expense to administer that bureaucracy, is going to add more to the deficit in the country. So no, you're
1: absolutely correct.
2: Yeah. So I I I I, uh, I I hear that the the polling data talking about people are very interested in in universal health care, yet we do a very poor job of communicating what it costs or what it means uh mm-hmm. and, and we we are being lulled to sleep by the wonderful stories about british health care and canadian health care and and all these single payer healthcare nations uh, what a wonderful job they do for their for their sick and injured yet uh, i just have a, a friend down here on where i live in southwest florida and uh he's a canadian and he came to the states because Hip replacement is an optional surgery in Canada, and it takes four four years to get it done. And um, he got it done in four months here. But but uh, that's one thing. The other thing about the the the, the Freedom Party, interesting idea, but I, I have grave concerns that the Freedom Party, as you described it. That's enterprise, not. It's enterprise party. Excuse me. The enterprise party doesn't solve the problem because of the rest of the people that will be there. I think that to try and create a third part, a viable third party in this environment and this time of uh, of our country is second to an Article Five convention where we throw them all out, mm-hmm. everybody, and we start over again. Because just bringing 20 people into the House and eight in the Senate doesn't deal with the other 420 in the House and the other 92 in the Senate, which, while they, they may have some control as a minority party, that um, doesn't change the bureaucracy doesn't change what's going on. And I think we've reached a point where the American people have really given up on trying to really solve the problem, trying to fix what's already so severely broken that you can't fix it. You need to just start over and throw it away and go back to the original Constitution and let's start again and get rid of all of the crap. Okay, you
1: got two things there that you brought up. First of all, my background is healthcare. care. I'm a CPA. I spent 50 years of my life uh, in uh, the financial part of healthcare, care, going from being uh, with Arthur Anderson and rolling out Medicare to being with accounting firms where we our hospital clients were uh, consulted with and we tried to get them organized and and uh, economized. And then I had my own... Uh, Accounting firm and specialized in long-term care, and uh, then we owned uh, three nursing homes, trying to implement what I would call ent- the enterprise model of healthcare. Medicare for all is is Medicare for none. Uh, we can't even afford Medicare for the, the the people that are on it. The government denies claims. You don't know what you don't know. Uh, I spent 20 years of my business fighting the government, getting them to pay nursing homes for more than 20 days stay, so we could restore people and get them back home. So the government's not paying what 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 they're really obligated to pay according to the rules and regulations. So to say that we're going to cover every everyone and we spend 140 billion dollars right now, you take 10 times that. You've got 10 14 billion a year in Medicare for all. And the revenue stream isn't isn't sufficient to cover even the current obligation for baby boomers. 77 million people uh, from uh, 1964 to 19, 1945 to 1964 <laughs> represent a, something that hasn't even been factored into the, the budget process. They are not healthy. Uh, they are not internalizing the responsibility for their health. It's all externalized because of group plans, employer plans, and the escalating costs of of care and pharmaceuticals. In our nursing homes, one of the mi- major problems was overdosing called polypharmacy for the elderly. Uh, we have doctors uh, with phone orders. They don't even see the patient. Passing eight billion pills a uh, a year in nursing homes, fentanyl, oxycodone, uh, hydrocodone, you you name it. And what we did with the three that we were trying to set up a model that would restore people was to try to reduce the medications of the of their, our new admissions. And when we were able to succeed with that, they got more functional, and more and more we could restore, and they could go home. So, no, I'm not, I'm for privatizing healthcare, getting it away from the monopsony. The monopsony is a one buyer market, it destroys competition. There is no accountability that the providers are paid on input data, they're paid on diagnosis, they're paid on prescriptions, they're paid on encounters. No, none of the healthcare providers are accountable for an outcome. They can't even define what, they don't want to define so care at this point is is the is the country's biggest problem and uh, the solutions i proposed in my book i believe are a step towards that
2: yeah i the thing that i listen to these these democratic candidates and they want to do medicare free for all medicare right. free so where is the money going to come from um and I, I, when I first started hearing that, I, re, I remember when Lyndon Johnson was president, and there's this wonderful story about Lyndon Johnson and John Tower, who was a Texas senator. And when yeah. Lyndon Johnson was proposing the war on poverty, he told the Congress that it would cost X, about X amount of millions of dollars the first year. John Tower went to call on the president and said, Mr. President, you're not being honest with the American people because trying to talk about this program based on one year's of expenditures, when you just sit down and play with the numbers, it's going to grow exponentially to be an enormous amount of money. And, and Lyndon Johnson said to Ch- John Tower, sit down and shut up. American people mm-hmm. aren't smart enough to understand how much it's really going to cost. Right. And I suspect that yeah. that's what's going on like today. Know. I think that's what's going yeah. on today, is that the Medicare for all and free, along with free college and everything else, uh, the American people are being hoodwinked, and when the Republicans try and talk about how much it really is going to cost, thirty-two trillion dollars, where is it going to come from? Elizabeth Warren, we'll just take a couple of pennies from all the rich people. Well, it's it's not true, mm-hmm. but but there there is does it doesn't seem to be as strong a voice on the opposition side, is there on the on the part of all the other stuff that's going on.
1: Yeah, people are, are going to listen to somebody that's going to give them something. But that's in my book, Government Taketh Away. Uh, you'll find that government h- h- giveth, but when they can't pay the bills, they take it away. And over the years, the, the elderly have been underfunded in the Medicare program by $3 trillion. They were They were denying claims on people that clearly should have 100 days of coverage when they come out of a hospital, and they were denying claims over 20 days. I, I spent 20 years of my uh, professional life along with my son uh, developing software so we could defend and win uh, these, these denials because they were saying that these people were not, the, that the coverage wasn't medically necessary. Well, if they had been in the hospital, they had three or four diagnoses. They had a lot of problems. We were trying to, to restore them physically, mentally, and try to get them back with their family before they burn all their money and then call spend down, and, and they were put on Medicaid. Seventy-five percent of the patients in, in nursing homes are on Medicaid. It's because we turned them into uh, wards of the state. And and that is one of the worst things that was ever conceived, because the family doesn't have any responsibility, but all the taxpayers are paying the bills. Mostly, the young people will pay the bills under any kind of national health insurance. It it, it would be spread to the younger uh, people who themselves are not very healthy. Right. So my 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 position on this, in terms of a third party, was to try to. Privatize. You know, for example, uh, we're being told that that Social Security and uh, Medicare are entitlements. They're not entitlements. And those those are trust funds. Those are to be protected, not borrowed from to fight wars or, or with treasury notes. You know, I mean, not only are we cooking the books, we're lying lying to the the beneficiaries of these programs. And that's where they take it away, you know. They start uh, peeling away and calling them entitlements. the entitlements. The entitlements are the new ones. They're unemployment, minimum wage, uh, food stamps, the giveaways. Those are the new entitlements. Those are the ones that have to be looked at and probably try to turn those into productive jobs. Because instead of lawmakers, we need job makers. We do not need these people passing 40,000 laws a year and taking away the freedoms of the of the enter, enterprising and entrepreneurial spirit of this country, it's it's crazy. We're gonna we're going to destroy the the very thing that that that, that, that is the golden egg. So you know, I I would agree with what your your position is is that we cannot nationalize anything. Everything needs to be. As 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 much as possible at the local enterprise level, you look around. Small business carries the country, and and whose voices are heard? Big business, uh, the wealthy. Yeah, uh, you well, know, they don't pay all the bills, so there needs to be some kind of a representation. And yes, it would take a while. It would take decades to break the the gridlock, but it, it eventually will have to happen because this is growing together. It hasn't grown apart in terms of the red and the blue. They, they have one thing in mind, reelection and keeping control of all the money.
2: Right.
1: And uh, the American enterprise party stands for enterprising Americans. And in Europe, they have a third party. They have representation for, and I'm not talking about uh, labor. I'm, I'm talking about people that, that go to their jobs every, every day and don't have pensions. My nursing home employees, we didn't have pensions. We couldn't afford pensions. We couldn't afford health care. I mean, it's so sad that small business right now, 40% of their cost is is uh, government overhead. You know, and you can't even run your business and, and, and create uh, and innovate. I mean, the surveyors in the nursing homes, they come in, they tell you how to wipe the butts from the left to the right, not the right to the left. and And it's, and its complete dominance, you know, it's like Nazi Germany. They come in and scare the hell out of everyone, and then blame blame the the provider for everything. So we we were forced out of business. You can
0: read that. Now, in um, and my, my now I, government. IQ Al uh, IQ Rosola. You've been listening to Jerry and Dan here. Uh, what what do you make of all this? Let's bring you into the conversation. IQ, can you hear us? Yes, yes. Uh, well, what it's do you make depressing. of all this? Honestly, it's very depressing to hear.
3: The gentleman is right. This two-party system at the moment, well, has been for quite a while. The last 20, 30 years has been failing. Because, as the gentleman said, all they want is to be elected so they can rob the American people. The sickening part is every single one of them they speak about the american people while they're raping the american people. yes look everything is happening now not because of trump not at all because of the democrats i was reading articles only i mean i'm not digressing but just adding to it the filth in los angeles the, the depravities that are happening in the main roads and streets in 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 california and they're not dealing with it. And the governor is more interested in illegal immigration being allowed, in abortion being allowed, than in taking care of the sanity, sanitation of the state. It's, it's collapsing. I mean, things are happening in America that should only happen in a third-rate country. But it's happening. I don't know what the solution is, honestly. But the gentleman is right if he can do it. Who is going to lead this party? Any idea? Any ideas?
1: Uh, well, the, the American Enterprise Party would have to find, you know, and, and I'm approaching 80 years old. I've had, I'm, I'm, I've been married for 60 years. I have a great family. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, obviously I'm not a politician or I wouldn't come up with this harebrained idea, but we have to find someone that is a true patriot. We don't have patriotism in this country anymore. The social media network, there isn't a, any, any patriotism uh, that, that, that we can find in that media. Uh, you know, God knows what's being pushed in the heads of our children who are on social media all the time. But I, I would propose that we find not just one, but a, a number of people that are, are Feeling that they they've been left out, they've been left behind because this system is not it's not representing uh, the majority of the people, and I and I think that's what democracy was about was the majority of the people, and and we have polarization just to keep us quiet. The, the longer they can keep us uninformed, and they're told when when by uh, consultants, do not try to educate the. Uh, electorate. They're too stupid to understand. Well, the, 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 the point, the problem is, or the point is, is they don't want us to know how bad it is. You know, we go to the stores and it looks great. We, America is, is, is the consumer of the world. We're carrying the whole damn world through consumerism. So the hell with the socialism or capitalism, it's really consumerism and who supports the consumers enterprise. And who created the enterprises? Enterprising Americans. You know, so we're talking the grassroots of this country, and it's it, and it's failing. It's failing us. And somehow, some way, we have to bring this to the national um, pulpit because I don't have a pulpit. I'm barely able to get on a podcast, and I was wanting to start my own or whatever. And in the book, in my books, I had written 17 books. It's all about the human being and freedom. Yes, but but representation is, is 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 the problem. We don't have it, and and I call it the red, the red and the blue and in the in the flag. But the white stars and it isn't the color of our skin. No way it isn't represented. We have we have a need for three parties. And until we get that, we will get nothing uh, other than uh, what I call a monopsony. It's where government is the purchaser of last resort. And I've heard that that speech by uh, bureaucrats, is that they are the purchaser of last resort. That is an oligarchy. It is no longer democracy. So I don't know who that's going to be. But it needs to be. Uh, we need to we need to have leadership that that goes that way. And it's not the, you know, it's it's not the usual third party. I went back and looked at the history of third parties in my book. I have a platform. I have an organizational structure. The only thing that's missing are members, and it was meant to elicit that. And it's, the whole concept started in 1991 when Gingrich and Dole failed to implement the contract with America, which sounded great, and it didn't happen. And this is not a, a partisan uh, problem. It is an American problem, is that we are not getting people in the positions of leadership who will level at us. They're keeping us... I don't want to say we're keeping his dumb, and uh, I don't know what the other alternative is, but um, they, uh, 1991. And so I started thinking about how can we, how can we implement that contract with America, but, but make it happen. And I have a website, I have, a, I have videos, I have all kinds of things that really support the need and. In principle, at least, how to do that, but it all comes back to who's going to do it.
3: So, if you want to get involved,
2: Dan, are you up to it? Then. Am I up to asking one last question? Yes, I'm up to asking. No, I'm to run. <laughs> I'm, I'm 74. I'm not quite as old as our guest, but I'm I'm chasing him. I. I, I I, I listened to what you're saying and, and I admire your your thoughtfulness, your intellect, your your desire to want to do something. But I don't think a lot of people in this country care anymore. I don't th- when we have the left of the Democratic Party that's talking about socialism, and spending thirty forty fifty trillion dollars, which we obviously don't have, but that the American people seem to be in some small degree initially uh, warming up to the idea of spending thirty trillion dollars on global warming uh, to to provide mm-hmm. free college and 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 free health care um, we <sighs> I think as a country we've lost our work ethic. We expect that the government's supposed to take care of us, and I really don't. I don't know what it will be that makes what you say happen, because I can't see that there's a ground. Will ever be a groundswell of movement within the country to give up all the freebies that we have. And I think that go ahead. I'm sorry, and then I'll answer. No, you finish. You finish. Go ahead.
1: No, I think I think what's going to happen is we're not going to pay our bills to China. We're not going to pay our bills to to Japan, to Mexico. The the, the, the the balance of imbalance of trade is is put us in a position, along with uh, promising pensions to everybody in the federal government, federal and state government. At some point, we won't be able to pay the bills. And the first bills they won't pay are Social Security and Medicare because those people don't have the, the leverage. But no, in bankruptcy, this is, the country is insolvent, clearly insolvent. Uh, the, the, they don't have enough gross national product. Uh, I, I think probably the, the debt is, is five times what the gross national product is. And that's truly insolvency. You don't have to be a CPA to figure out. Uh, Illinois has got 28 billion in assets and 280 billion in bills that they haven't paid. I mean, that's just one state, and it's one of the worst. But this is not just a federal problem. This is state to state. They haven't recorded their liabilities. We have no idea, on a on a generally accepted accounting principle basis, how bad it is. I think. And in my book, I forecasted how bad it is, and we've got derivatives hanging out there at 500 trillion dollars. It, it's going to get into not even trillion. It's going to be get into uh, whatever the next number is, because of of the fact that everybody's playing poker with with each each American's money. And um, so I think our, our creditors are going to, want to be the ones that start to, to make it. Come down. That's usually the case in any in any enterprise. Your creditors that aren't being paid will eventually take you down. And before that happens, we need to downsize, privatize the government, and not talk about taking the money away from the obligations that have been made because it isn't going to happen. So that's my uh, uh, forecast. How long will that take? Probably the next decade uh, but with with what's been proposed free everything free college free health care free uh, or, or twelve thousand dollar guaranteed uh, check to everyone so they'll be so we'll trickle up I mean these are insanity this is insanity these people have never worked in a business they've never had the, the to make a payroll you know and that's the problem this country's based upon making payroll and creating products and selling products and not having them sold to China, and they they steal them and then they make them a little better and sell them back to us, and they got free space on ship on our, uh on our shelves to sell anything they want. It you know uh, it, it, the imbalance of trade it, it will eventually uh, sink the ship. And how long that will take, and how long will it take for people to realize? All I can say is if I can get some kind of viral impact with this, these books I've written. Maybe people can still read. I don't know, or they can listen. But it, 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 it's it's going to come out of everybody's uh, standard of living, real quick. And, and Venezuela is only an example. You know, there are other examples around the the, the world. Greece and. Uh, uh, you go and look at the debt clock, and there isn't anybody that's very healthy. And we can't grow our way out of this. We can't generate products and revenues and cash flow uh, fast enough because the Fed's been there. If they raise the interest rate one percent, it bankrupts the country. <laughs> it, it it the the Fed destroyed the the housing market by increasing the discount rates to their member banks to save their banks, not save America. You know, and it's unfettered. We have no control over those that crazy organization, and and it can bring us down at any point in time. The stock market can bring us down. Uh, you know, it, it's it's inevitable. So you know, I think we need to talk about how do we get the message out, not who's going to lead the party, because somewhere, somehow, somebody will step up. And I think, generally speaking, and, and I don't have a wide uh, audience. Uh, everybody will agree with us that it's it's jeopardizing their personal job when you have forty six different taxes that we pay, and now our new governor of illinois is is proposing a wheel tax. They tax you the wheels on your car on how long you drive, how far you drive and, and they've just passed a uh, recreational marijuana bill and uh, and they just passed legalized uh, uh, casinos at every racetrack. And, and next it'll be prostitution. You know, it's never enough to fund what the uh, bureaucrats have put us uh, and politicians at, at risk. So long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> well, it is, it, is, be... it, is, it is a good answer, but uh, we are up against the clock here. Before we let everybody go, I want to start with Dan. Bring us up to speed on everything, my friend.
2: Well, uh, I've got four commentaries that are out floating around. Um, hopefully, we'll be start sending them to you in the next few days. Um, uh, Place the order for thousand MP3 players for the veterans' nursing homes here in Florida as a result of our golf outing.